As always, a huge thank you to Starboard, who are once again this season's main sponsors. Starboard has a history of innovation across water sports, starting in 1994 by revolutionising the design of windsurf boards. And they've brought that bang up to date recently, bringing foil windsurfing onto the Olympic stage with their IQ foil package. Starboard got behind stand-up paddleboarding in a huge way in the early days and continued to lead the industry to reduce their environmental impact. Their focus on innovation brought them seven world champions at the ICF Worlds last year, and all of them were using their Lima paddle range. They continue to improve and innovate their boards and their paddles for all abilities across all flavours of the sport, including adventure. And you can find out more about Starboard through their website, which is linked to in the show notes. Hey, welcome to this bonus episode from SUP FM. As you may have guessed, all our bonus episodes are ones where we step outside our usual interview format. And this one is also a little bit different from normal. So if you're looking for our regular long form interview episodes, we've got over 90 in our back catalogue to listen to. One of the things that I'm most proud of is the number of international listeners we have. We've got listeners across 118 countries across the world, and I wanted to give a big shout out to every single one of you. We really appreciate it. And the reason for thanking our listeners from across the world at this point is because this particular episode is a little UK focused. In fact, it's probably a lot UK focused because this year London is hosting an APP World Tour event between September the 16th and the 18th with a field of top-class international athletes, including recently crowned SUP Connect Woman of the Year and friend of the show, April Zilg, whose incredible form continues. So this episode may mean more to our British listeners and those who are able to travel over to London and join us. But you're still welcome to join us and share in the excitement of this episode as we prepare ourselves for Britain's highest profile SUP event of the year, where I talk to the CEO of the APP, Tristan Boxford. I also speak to two of our young British competitors taking part in the event. And finally, to my favourite XGB national title holder and friend of the show, Sarah Thornley of SUP Junkie, as we look ahead with some excitement, it's got to be said, to the competition. And we're planning to be there attending the event at Canary Wharf in September. So if you're coming along too and you see me, then please come and say hello. It'd be great to meet you. And you might even get into the second APP London episode, which is going to be recorded live at the event. And Sup Junkie will also be covering the live racing So it's all happening between September the 16th and the 18th at Canary Wharf. And there's also a paddle festival going on throughout the three days. And you can register for free for a load of events, races and activities. And you can do that at appworldtour.com. So let's kick things off with a quick chat I managed to grab with the CEO of the APP, Tristan Boxford. He was travelling at the time, which explains the rather patchy 
sound quality. Tristan, it's great to speak to you. And and for those listeners who haven't heard of APP, just tell us a little bit about uh, what the organisation does and the events that you run. Absolutely. uh, APP stands for the Association of Paddle Surf Professionals. Um, We founded uh, the organisation under a different name right at the beginning, back in 2009, actually, uh, right in the early days of uh, stand-up paddling. Uh, we launched with the Surfing World Tour in 2010, had five events across uh, five countries, um, and then built it out from, from then until now with a, with a big evolution, obviously spreading into racing by end of 2011. Um, we've been crowning world champions uh, since that time. So that's, that's essentially what we do. And, uh, you know, unlike um, the ISA and the ICF, where they have one big event a year, uh, we're a world tour that crowns a world champion as a culmination of uh, complete tour of events. Absolutely. And a, and a spectacular tour in some quite staggering locations as well. Um, but it's the first year really since the pandemic where there's been a, a more normal season of events being carried out. And I know a lot of people have suffered significantly from COVID in all sorts of ways. But I guess for a body which is involved with a, a growing sport, having your momentum interrupted for a couple of years was particularly difficult for you. And I guess that this year is all about rebuilding. Exactly. Yeah, it was a tough moment. You know, in some ways, like all these things, there's a silver lining. Um, it gave us an opportunity to to rejig some things, really focus on how we redefine things moving forward. Uh, we got a lot of momentum through 2018 and 19 with the City Paddle Festival approach of, you know, really bringing the sport to the people rather than expecting the people to come to the sport. And that had uh, a really great impact across the world. And we started to get a lot of interest from host cities uh, all over the world. Fortunately, that has continued, and, and obviously, since COVID, with the boom in the sport, that's that's uh, further been propelled forward. Uh, and you know, this year we've got six great city venues and three kind of core market venues, as we call them, for surfing, uh, and that'll almost double for for 2023. So, uh, yeah, it's an exciting time for the sport. But as you say, it's you know, this year is about rebuilding the foundations, really uh, pushing the sport forward, uh, representing uh, the concept of a professional paddler. And what that means uh, and creating formats that are both dynamic and exciting for people to participate in, but also uh, spectate as well. Absolutely. So so the first of this year's series was in Santa Monica in a pretty iconic location for water sports. But why is it that London has become such a fixture on the circuit? Because this is now the third time that things have been hosted here. Uh, well, there's a, a personal connection with London. I grew up in Twickenham. I'm, I'm British by nationality, so I naturally have uh, connections and, and background in England, although I haven't lived in the country pretty much for 20, 27 years. So it, it's been a long while. Um, but, you know, as we kind of looked at how to go to, for, kind of move forward with that City Paddle Festival approach, we had Paris, which was obviously a great success with so 3,000 entrants for 1,000 spots to paddle down the River Seine. You know, the next obvious place to do it is the River Thames, quite honestly. In terms of an iconic river, it's it's one of the most iconic. And in terms of backdrops between Tower Bridge, the Houses of Parliament, Big Ben, you don't get much better than that. So that was the initial draw. Uh, but once we got to England, uh, it's been exciting to see over the kind of four years since we first came to England uh, with the tour, um, just to see the development of the community, to see the growth in the sport. You know, my mom lives in Twickenham near the River Thames. And, uh, you know, now I was at dinner with her the other night. It was just like chock-a-block with paddlers going in the water and, and paddling around. And I remember coming there in 2009 when we were doing some, 
you know, promo stuff around stand-up paddling. We were just launching the concept of a tour and no one had ever seen a stand-up paddle. Mm. So it's, to see, it's quite, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's quite amazing, isn't it? I was talking to someone the other day where, you know, when I started, you know, on an inflatable inevitably and pumping it up on the beach. And I used to get people just wandering past. I mean, it was a great conversation starter. What are you doing? You know, it's no mystery to anyone these days. It, it's been phenomenally popular. But um, paddling the Thames in central London, as you said, um, you know, is really iconic. And it's also something that even British people don't often get a chance to do because as a tidal stretch, it can be pretty challenging. So how difficult was it for you to get that initial permission to compete on that stretch of water back uh, when you, you first sort of uh, launched in 2018? Um, well, it was definitely challenging. You know, the PLA is a very well-run and tightly run organization. They're very conscious of the dangers of, of the Thames. It's a very busy waterway with not only, uh, you know, private vessels, there's a lot of commercial traffic, there's a lot of construction traffic. So and there's a lot of development going on on the waterfront. So there's a lot of potential dangers and hazards, uh, particularly through the stretch that we're going through. Um, but fortunately, because we've done a lot of really intricate races uh, in crazy places across the globe, we were able to showcase a level of expertise of dealing with not only the hazards that come across, uh, but the water management as well. You know, we've run a race around the Statue of Liberty. We've run races down the River Seine. We've run races uh, across you know, ocean channels. Um, through out of San Francisco around the Golden Gate Bridge and in 20-foot surf. There's just a lot of different environments we've worked in. Uh, and I think the PLA saw that we were capable of doing it. They restricted the numbers the first year. Uh, we've been able to grow year on year, but it's still very much a, a pro race. Um, just as much as we'd like to have the mass participation part of it, uh, it is quite a dangerous waterway. It's not permitted on a daily basis. And, you know, we need to make sure that we're sending the right message that this is a display event rather than a everybody can go out and do it every day. So it's a special opportunity for those involved for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one that we're very grateful for. And uh, as we've already talked about, you've got a potentially huge increase in interest because while SUP has bu been building strongly for years, it's increased exponentially over the last couple. So there's a real opportunity to engage with those new people and capture their imagination and really build out the sports profile. So you've, you have referred to it already, but what are you doing specifically over the four days to engage all those paddlers who've maybe just arrived in the sport over the last couple of years? Well, I think one of the reasons we chose Canary Wharf as a venue and, you know, they're kindly hosting us is it's just, it, it's surrounded by water um, and it's quite safe waterways. You're not, you don't have the complications of, of the River Thames um, because it's kind of cut off from the River Thames and, and it's not tidal. Um, so everybody can enjoy the waterways uh, extremely well. Um, we did a taster event for them last year and we had 600 people across two days try the sport for the first time. Some people who couldn't swim, some people who are scared of the water and, you know, all kinds of different scenarios. And what was the, you know, the overwhelming feedback was when are you guys coming back? When is this happening again? How can we get involved in the sport? So, you know, this time we really focused on building out a full program and really with the concept of, of, delivering a great spectacle that can inspire people, um, but creating a, an inclusive environment where people don't feel alienated. They feel that they can jump up and have a go themselves. Um, so in conjunction with Canary Wolf, we're offering free clinics to do SUP yoga clinics, uh, SUP uh, Pilates, introductory paddle clinics, um, you know, sessions with the pros. Uh, we have a corporate challenge called the Nautical Mile. Um, so we're engaging all the different banks um, from across the financial sector in London uh, to be involved. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, and then of course we have uh, open racing. So yeah, we have uh, open and pro-am racing through Canary Wharf. So we have a, a really cool course. It's about a seven kilometer course that will go through all the waterways within Canary Wharf. Um, we have short course racing and we have a paddle for the oceans initiative, which is, you know, raising money and awareness uh, for, you know, to protect our oceans. And obviously Canary Wharf very committed to that campaign as well. Just, you know, they've, they've cleaned up the waterways a lot. There's open sw- water swimming going on there. There's all kinds of stuff. It's a, it's a whole new area for Can- Canary Wharf. So I think overall the weekend will provide, uh, you know, something for everyone. So, so fun with mates as far as the corporate challenge is concerned and an opportunity to try a new sport, um, do something with the family uh, and an opportunity to be competitive if you, if you feel that way. And then you can sit back and, and watch the best in the world do it right in front of your, uh, right in front of your face and actually get splashed by them. So it's an interesting <laughs> Excellent. And getting up nice and close to the athletes. I mean, you know, certainly from my experience chatting to them, I've never come across a more accessible bunch. And obviously all the brands will be there as well. So if you're in the market for a paddleboard, I'm sure someone can give you a bit of advice there as well. Absolutely. And that's part of the whole program. We've got a a pretty extensive social program. So we've got an opening night on the Friday night um, at Pergola, which is a restaurant within Canary Wharf. We've got a movie night on Saturday, uh, which would be a super cool occasion. Um, and we've got big screen on the water, so you know, and a grandstand that's built over Middle Dock. So it'll be uh, a pretty dramatic venue. And then on the Sunday, we have an after party at uh, Grandstand. Um, so there's lots of opportunities to mingle with the pros, get to know them. And it's, uh, you know, it's one of those sports, as, as you know, it's a very intimate sport. You know, it's not, a, it's not soccer where you're sitting in the, the stands and watching the football game. You'll never, you'll, you'll never meet the guys or understand how they live or who they are. This is, you'll be literally chatting to them from one minute to the next and paddling next to them. And, you know, they're very approachable. So it's a unique moment in the sport and, and one that we should savor. Tristan, thanks for your time today. I'll be there on the key days of competition, chatting with the athletes and pulling together an episode on the back of it. But I, I think you're making a really important contribution to the wider sport by showing up on a wider stage and making the elite level more visible. And as the sport gets more mature, it's important in all sorts of levels to see it as a place for sustainable professionalism and to hook some of those new paddlers into some of the other flavours of SUP. So Tristan, thanks so much for your time. I know things are really busy. Go well and I'll see you in London. So thanks to Tristan, the boss of the APP, for that very interesting chat. And while the event is attracting the international talent to London, We've also got a very exciting crop of young British athletes who are all progressing brilliantly and who I believe on their current trajectory could be pushing for wins at the very highest level in the not too distant future. And earlier in the season, I got to chat to two of them on the beach at Bournemouth. Holly Pye and Blue Ewer had both won their respective races at the Battle of the Bay event. And a couple of minutes after Holly had crossed the finish line and shortly before she got her breath back, I grabbed a quick chat with her. So I'm in Bournemouth at the Battle of the Bay and I'm joined by Holly Pye, who's the recently crowned winner of the distance race down here. Um, How are the conditions today, Holly? Hi, the conditions were so fun. It was, uh, it's it's quite choppy. Um, It's pretty windy. Uh, the course is kind of upwind, downwind, but not exactly. It's a bit side on, so really interesting. Um, the downwind sections were really fun. I think that's where I managed to, to make up my ground. But yeah, the conditions are really interesting. Nice to do something choppy. 
Absolutely. It is a bit unusual here. So uh, you caught a couple of bumps? Yeah, yeah, I caught a couple of bumps, which I think made the difference. Um, it was It's quite hard to stay on track because the bumps weren't perfectly lined up with the, the shape of the course. But it was nice to make the most of them. Definitely, yeah, help. And uh, you've had a cracking season so far. You've been out doing the Euros um, and you've been uh, well placed within the, the top 10. How's this season going for you at the moment? Yeah, I'm loving this season so far. I've done um, a few of the Euro Tour events. Uh, two of them have come in the, in the top 10. Um, and the other one I didn't do quite so well. I still loved it, still did, still did all right. Um, but I'm basically just using this season as a learn, big learning curve. And then next year I want to properly race. So, yeah, really, really enjoying it. Learning a lot this year. Excellent. And um, obviously we've got the APP coming up. Yeah. What's your preparation between now and then? So I'm really looking forward to the APP event, actually, but it's not one of my main focus events this year. Um, so I'm kind of preparing for the, the Europeans and the Worlds now. Um, so the APP will be a, just a little sort of tester, uh, see, see how I'm lining up against everyone. But hopefully, with it being such a, a huge event, we'll be able to mobilise the SUP community to come and give you a, a bit of support. So in terms of the, the training, how are you changing things up this season? Are you, um, have you changed your approach at all based on your performance to date? Yeah, I've changed my approach quite a lot. So I'm training with uh, Glenn Eldridge at Ocean Sports at the moment. Um, he's helping me out. We're kind of we're discussing a lot together. Um, and a lot of my training is much shorter than it was before. So before I was doing, uh, I was kind of just doing it myself um, with a bit of a plan. But it's, it's always hard to execute a plan when you've got different conditions. I live by the coast, so I don't want to skip a surf session to go and do flat water intervals or something. Um, so, yeah, but now I've got um, a much more structured plan from somebody who, who really knows what they're doing. Um, and a lot of my sessions are, yeah, like I said, shorter than they were before. But actually, I haven't lost any endurance. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite pleased about that. Um, and I'm loving it. Definitely getting faster. Excellent. Are you a full-time athlete at the moment? I wish. No, I've got three jobs. <laughs> I work full-time uh, in the NHS. I'm self-employed on the side as a sleep physiologist. And I'm also now actually recently taken up some work for Paddle Logger. So I've got three jobs as well as training. I've got to pay for everything. So, <laughs> Wow, so that's amazing how you managed to fit it in. Well, Holly, congratulations for today. Thank um, you. Congratulations and, and wishing you all the uh, best of luck for the rest of the, the season. And uh, look forward to seeing you at, at APP and seeing you perform on, on the world stage. Thank you so much. So it was great to speak to Holly and following his win in equally challenging conditions, I also managed to grab the winner of the men's race, Blue Ewer, for a quick post-race chat. Came down here at the Battle of the Bay with a Blue Ewer, who's the recent uh, winner. He's just won the distance race down here it's uh, you might be able to hear it is a little bit blowy and a little bit wavy there's a bit of downwind action there and how was the race for you oh yeah it's great fun it makes a change for like have a gb sub race and have some proper ocean conditions rather than it's a nice flat race um so yeah i got, got a good start and um went on to upwind which is blowing a gale so it's super tough upwind section and then you get around the boy and it's just a nice downwind so you had like basically the wind swell behind you and then the like the ground swell coming to the side so you could kind of like link in the back of those troughs and get some nice runners um but yeah it was really good fun yeah enjoy the course it was an awesome performance and you've, you've had a good season so far just take us through some of the, the highlights to date 
Yeah, sure. But I did the um, head of the dart at the start of the year, year and won that one. And then didn't have the best race when I went to Cardiff. Um, I got beaten by Yope um, Van Bakel from Netherlands. Um, he's like a 11 City winner. Um, but that kind of told me I need to get proper training a bit harder again. Um, and then, yeah, so I've done since then. I've basically, last weekend I was in Gran Canaria um, doing the Euro Tour. I came eighth there. Um, so it was, it was nice to paddle against some guys who are a lot quicker than me. Um, and it was good to see the pace of like the top guys in Europe. Um, so coming back today and yeah the pace was a little bit easier today um, so it's a bit more relaxing than last weekend um, but yeah it was, it was nice to see everyone down here again um, and yeah the base race is always super competitive super fun race um, so yeah it's good to have good to have some nice conditions today brilliant and then looking ahead to the APP in London obviously that's the uh, the objective for all of our top paddle boarders uh, how's the preparation going for that yeah good yeah no training everything's feeling really good I'm feeling really good ahead of it um I was like, the APP was my first international event I did in 2019. Um, so it'd be good to get back to doing that again, um, racing against top guys in the world. So I'm looking forward to that. And how, it, how is it like for a British paddler paddling that iconic route uh, down the Thames? It must be quite special. Well, to be honest, last time I did it, I didn't even know what I was paddling past. All I, could, all I was looking at was people in front of me. Um, and then I was finishing the race and everyone was like, oh, do you see this? Do you see that? But to be honest, when you've got your head and you're, and you're racing, you don't really notice it. All I noticed was the start. It was pretty cool starting underneath Tower Bridge last time. Um, but I went past House of Parliament, London Eye, and didn't see a thing of that last time. Yeah, I can imagine. It's not exactly a, t- a tourist tour there. And I don't know whether you've had a look at the, the paddlers who are going to be there this year. It looks like it's going to be a top field you're going to be competing against. Yeah, I mean, the level of paddleboarding across Europe and the world at the moment is just growing and growing. Uh, whereas four or five years ago, you got like five or ten people who were up there. Now there's like 20, 30 guys who can all come in the top ten um, from all over the world. Um, so it's going to be yeah harder than ever. Um, but it's good. it's good for the sport, seeing there's so much depth in it. And uh, yeah, the level is just getting higher and higher. Absolutely. And in terms of that event, it, it's the, the most subscribed to uh, APP event, I think, at the moment. Um, in terms of the popularity of stand-up paddleboarding, it definitely seems to be building at the moment, and you'll certainly get uh, quite a bit of support there. Um, have you got any, any words that you'd like to say to your fans? Because there's going to be a huge representation of the, the paddleboard community up there uh, supporting you. Yeah, I mean, it'd be good to see any of the British guys coming down and watching and supporting, because um, I know myself and a few of the other guys are going to be racing. Um, and yeah, we're going to do all the support we can get against those guys because it's going to be a pretty tough race. As always, a huge thank you to Starboard, who are once again this season's main sponsors. Starboard has a history of innovation across water sports, starting in 1994 by revolutionising the design of windsurf boards. And they've brought that bang up to date recently, bringing foil windsurfing onto the Olympic stage with their IQ foil package. Starboard got behind stand-up paddleboarding in a huge way in the early days and continue to lead the industry to reduce their environmental impact. Their focus on innovation brought them seven world champions at the ICF Worlds last year and all of them were using their Lima paddle range. They continue to improve and innovate their boards and their paddles for all abilities across all flavours of the sport, including adventure. And you can find out more about Starboard through their website, which is linked to in the show notes. So we've spoken to the CEO and we've spoken to two of our exciting young prospects for the future of British competition in the sport. So who better to sit down with next and pull everything together than someone who's been a flag bearer for British SUP racing as a racer themselves, as an administrator and also through representing the sport through the media and her live feeds. 
So I'm joined by Sarah, aka Sup Junkie. You are obviously an ex-GB champion and very, very close to the British racing scene. So just looking ahead to the APP, we have got athletes competing and some of them qualified by right. Some of them came through via the GB route and it'd be good to to chat through um, them individually and uh, and how they're performing the lead up to the competition but first of all in terms of the APP I mean I'm hugely excited that um, the APP is returning to London after a, a couple of years absence how, how do you feel about um, APP being back? Well uh, the APP really excited actually it's been a while I think we've both been to a couple of them and I think the level of excitement for me is is who's coming and not just our athletes but obviously world class athletes from the UK and abroad and I just find that really exciting being a someone who's raced someone who loves racing follow it all over the world try and share as much of the sort of good news stuff as I can and that's what really excites me is the ability to be able to see and watch those athletes competing together, be they from the UK or abroad, Australia, America, you know, all over the world. There are some incredible athletes out there and it is very, very exciting. And also to be able to chat to them as well because they are really friendly and if you see them on the street or whatever, you can get a selfie with them. They don't mind. You can have a chat to them. Uh, I'm really excited about it, yeah. And, and it's quite a privilege for us because I know you're going to be there and uh, you might be persuaded to hold a microphone and have the odd uh, camera pointed in your direction occasionally. So let, let's take the international field first of all. Um, so obviously it's it sort of early on in the competition. There was Santa Monica. There were obviously um, lots of things that, that lots of incidents, I'd say, that happened at Santa Monica. But certainly in terms of, of the, the women's race, you know, it, it, it's it's nip and tuck at the top, but it but I can't see anyone beyond April um, taking London. She seems to be in a unbelievable form at the moment. I think April is, and funnily enough, April was probably one of the last athletes that I interviewed at the APP in two thousand and what would that be nineteen. Um, and I didn't really know much about her. She's, I say this in a really lovely way, she's mad as a box of frogs, but she is absolutely wonderful and what an athlete. And I think she is absolutely coming into her own at this time. She is, you know, she has gone from being a couch potato, again, her words, mm -hmm. in 10 years, she's now a world-class athlete and she's worked really hard at that. And she's on fire it's a shame that Fiona Wilde is not around at the moment. She's got a shoulder um, issue. She's had an operation. She's got to recuperate from that because last year she was absolutely on fire. Um, and to see those two girls together, um, again, Seychelles, new mother, um, you know, she won't be competing. But April is oh, on fire. It's a cliche, but she really is. And I can't wait to see her, her perform in London. Santa Monica, she just whooped everybody. She's she's a strong, strong woman. And she, as you know, you recently interviewed her. She's done this all very scientifically. You know, that's her bag. She loves that. Um, she's not doing this on a wing and a prayer. She really works hard at everything, um, you know, body um, dynamics, food, nutrition, everything. She's 
she's a superstar and she yeah she won Santa Monica in style can't wait to see her yeah absolutely and what's incredible about April I mean I had a proper nerd fest with her when I I spoke to both into the, the sports science and uh yeah, we got into some uh, some really deep areas there. I think she had a, a, a sudden realisation when she she kind of reached a bit of a threshold in her performance that she needed to change things around, and, and she definitely did that. And I think s- since she's been building up her aerobic threshold, she has been unstoppable. And in not just this year, not just for the APP, she won the Carolina Cup recently in 2022, and and that was both competitions. And then she also won it in 2021 because that was sort of November and that was horrendous conditions. So she's been in in, a, in that form for quite some time. So so, you know, she, she's absolutely been dominating it. And obviously that's where our money is. However, Candice, the uh, the goat, greatest of all time, in my view, um, is really coming up on the rails there because um, you know she she did fantastically well in Santa Monica. Candice, I have a proper soft spot for that girl. I I met well, I didn't actually meet her in 2018 when we we sort of launched Sup Junkie at the APP tour. She was very quiet that year. She had a, an injury. She wasn't really on good form, and she just sort of kept herself to herself. Um, I then was lucky enough to meet her in China and I just, I followed her, I stalked her until I could get a tiny interview with her and she was absolutely delightful. She, she is, she is the goat. She is just amazing. And it's not just stand up paddleboarding, it's stand up paddleboard surfing, it's surfing. And again, I think she's coming back into her own. You know, she's had a couple of years of sort of being a little bit quieter. I think she's been out and about having fun actually. Mm. And that often reignites the level, doesn't it? It sort of takes it up a notch. And again, uh, oh, I can't wait to see those two on the start line. <laughs> but Candice is, she is a superstar. And we talked actually when I interviewed her about her retiring. And it, it you know, I, I think she's considered it, but she's not ready. You know, she's not ready. And she, she has a very strong faith, um, a religious faith. And she just believes that whichever direction she goes in, it is not her will, it is someone else's will. And I love that about her. She is just guided by her Lord and she's doing pretty well, you know. Yeah. It, it will be really exciting to see those ladies on the start line, definitely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And again, um, chatted with Candice last season and, and her faith has been massively important because it gives her that sort of level of, of stability because when you're a top-class athlete, everything depends on your performance and all it takes is an injury and then suddenly your you know your self-image goes from hero to zero and that's really difficult to to manage but um I kind of think of her a bit like the sort of I I know she's been compared to Venus Williams and I think it's a real shame that her longevity and her her incredible performance because she's in a sport which you know is only just coming into the public consciousness she hasn't really been recognized on a on a sort of hugely wider area i mean everyone within the sport obviously knows um who she is and and how incredible she is but she's kind of like a bit of a a roger federer as well because when when she was competing i I think there was one incredible year i forget which one it was but she competed in about 
four or five different top class events in different sort of variations of sport and um, outrigger and various other things and, and came top in them all. So, you know, just quite a, a phenomenal athlete, really. She absolutely is. Yeah, she really is. So that's the, the top two. That's where our money is. So in terms of the men's field, um, obviously Connor um, is doing um, pretty well. He, he He's out there leading at the moment. He dominated the sprint race and scored heavily at Santa Monica in the distance race, even though he didn't come uh, first. He's again had... I don't know whether they've had the quiet years or whether it's just been lean because of, uh, you know, the situation we found ourselves in. Uh, but he's a new father. And um, again, I think I think coming back on top form again, you know, mm. maybe maybe this break has done some of them the world of good. OK, so um, Connor is in pole position then at the moment um, after Santa Monica. But he's he's definitely come back in uh, big form. A couple of youngsters out there that have been really exciting to watch. Shrimpy, uh, yes. I do not know his his name, but he he's known by everybody as Shrimpy, and I think he's really really young. Actually, is he not fifteen or sixteen? But mm. my goodness me, what a paddler! Tiny, um, super super strong. You know, almost as wide as he is tall, um, and he really gave a run for his money, didn't he? Out in Santa Monica, um, he's one to watch. Um, and the other young man who, well, there are a few young men. Actually, they are pretty young. Um, it's old Delgado, who, who's been rumbling, hasn't he, under for, since I've been racing, or maybe seven years, he's been there or thereabouts. But I think this is probably one of his biggest um, achievements, which is fantastic. And the other one to watch is a young man called Bodie Van Ullman, who mm-hmm. I think is about 15. Uh, I mean, you know, he came third overall. It's quite, it's quite incredible, isn't? You know, there was quite a lot of drama over in Santa Monica with the fog and race results and everything. We won't go into that, but um, you know, these guys raced and they raced amazingly well. Um, Arthur Arutkin as well. He was up there. Um, yeah, you've got the older names that Danny Ching. You know, he's sort of come back and is getting stuck in and doing amazingly well as well. And he's a really exciting. I love watching him because obviously his other sport maybe his preferred sport is uh, outrigger canoe mm. um so he's he's got that great sort of crossover of sports to sort of keep his passion alive i guess uh, yeah i i do find myself veering towards you know looking at the women i'm always you know i'm, I'm always interested to know which you know which woman has won uh, and then i like to look at the guys afterwards <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's uh, where all the competition is, where all the excitement is, I think. So the distance race is on the Sunday. It's ten and a half miles. And that will be really exciting. Absolutely. Taking off from Battersea Bridge and uh, finishing in Canary Wharf. I think there's a a portage um, section in there as well where they have to come off the the Thames. And uh, so it's quite a a, a weird uh, race course, but brilliant in that it finishes down there in the in the basin and uh, you know ten point five miles. I'm not sure when the leading paddlers will be coming in, but that starts at nine o'clock on the Sunday, and then it's a four day festival. So it starts on the Thursday, and then there's a there's a sort of corporate race there on the Friday. There will be a, a thing with the athletes in the afternoon, 
and obviously the Paddle Village, which will be operating the entire weekend. And the fireworks really start on the Saturday with the uh, with the sprint events there. And yep. that's going to be going on all day. Yep, there's uh, loads of demos. In fact, the demos are running all through the weekend, I think. Mm. So if you're not, you know, if you want to go up and have a look at some yoga or something else, maybe race clinics, they've got all that going on, which is really good. But yeah, Saturday, that's when it really starts. You've got the sprint racing for the open class, the pros, the juniors. You know, there'll be some great juniors in there. That'll be really exciting. And the sprints are historically probably the best racing to watch. You know, you've got boy turns and these guys don't mess about. You know, their their boards will be crossing. They'll be jumping over each other's boards. Um, I don't know what the ruling is on that. It'd be interesting to look at that. But there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, clashing of boards, you know, carbon mm. against carbon. But it makes it really exciting. And they are absolute pros at the step back turn. Uh, so there'll be a lot of that going on. And yeah, the sprints, I love the sprints. It's very, very exciting. Unfortunately, Casper won't be there. He's got other priorities like getting married um, because, again, he's he's a master sprinter, isn't he? But uh, mm. Connor Baxter is is no, uh, slouch, you know, is no slouch at sprinting. So that will be really exciting. Um, and again, as you say, on the Sunday, we've got the, the pro distance race and... Then there are some other races, actually, which is really lovely. You've got a 7K race, so that's for the open class to have a, have a crack at. Mm-hmm. You've got a, uh, a race on the Sunday. Well, I don't know. It's an ocean race. I think race, race is not, yeah. Yeah, not the word. Paddle for the oceans. There you go. And that's really just to sort of bring light, to highlight our love for the oceans and to protect it. And you've even got a 1.5K race for beginners. So, I mean, there is really is something for everyone. Uh, on on the whole of the weekend uh yeah just just come up and get stuck in and you know if you've never raced before have a go at the one and a half k race it'll be Mm. it'll just be great fun and i'm sure they'll have some great um gongs for people you know to to celebrate them joining in and then right at the end you've got the awards which is always great fun to watch isn't it Mm. Uh, and the after party so there you go happy days fantastic (laughs) and and we're going to be there aren't we um sticking microphones and cameras in front of people's faces and uh you know as you say it's great chatting to to some of these international athletes and um you know incredibly friendly there's something about the the um the circuit and um you know clearly it's sort of um elbows out when they're racing but uh there seems to be you know a good relationship between the races uh other than that now, um, of course, it's not just about international athletes, this one. We've got a really healthy representation of, of um, British athletes, some of whom have got success this season. And um, so just, just take us through the, the runners and riders there. First of all, um, in terms of the, the, um, the female uh, paddlers, because uh, Holly's going to be leading the charge, I think. Holly Holly Pye, um, she has done incredibly well this year. She's not been paddling for that long. She sort of took it up, I think, because all of her family paddled and raced, and she probably thought, I'd better join in. <laughs> and this year, she's she's taken herself out to Europe. She's put herself out there, and she's done really well. You know, mm-hmm. she's she's been placed. She's, she's put herself out there against all those international um, paddlers in Europe, and she's done well. And, and you know, she's proven herself and she's also proven herself on the DB Sup race circuit. 
So she, Holly is just one to watch. Absolutely. She's, I've got a very soft spot for Holly. She's, um, she's just a sweet, uh, you know, she's got a fierce competitive um, side, but she's also a very sweet girl and, and a heart of gold. She comes from a wonderful family. All her family are just lovely. Uh, and yeah, let's, let's cheer on Holly. She's brilliant. I, yeah, I, I see her doing great things. And the other one, sorry, the other one who's qualified from the GB SUP uh, contingent. So we had APP uh, gave two wildcard entries to the top two uh, paddlers, male and female, in the distance uh, race um, category in GB SUP. And the other lady who uh, got through, who is quite a surprise but not, is Sonia Brotherton. Uh, now, it won't be a household name probably for the international paddlers because she's not been over there. But if you were talking about uh, maybe eventing or, uh, you know, riding a, a horse, people might know her name. You know, she is a sportswoman and she, again, has put, absolutely put her heart and soul into stand-up paddleboard racing. And again, I think she has got her nutrition right. She's got her training right. She's been through a huge amount of uh, boards to really test them and see what works for her. And she's put she put the time in, mm. uh, and she deserves to be there. You know, she's got herself out to those races, and she's got the second place, and and she's going to be competing at the APP, which is wonderful. She deserves it. You know, she's worked really hard for that place. Uh, but uh, you know, I I don't know whether it was a surprise for her, but uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to watch those two girls. Absolutely. And both of those are familiar to anyone who who keeps an eye on the GB uh, racing scene. And, uh, you know, it's fantastic to have them representing um, Great Britain. Now, um, just take us through the the men because we've got a couple of, well, we've got several um, exciting prospects um, in that race as well. Um, We saw a couple of them actually at um, at Base Up, the Battle of the Bay recently. Just talk us through those. So the two uh, male paddlers who've qualified, uh, you know, the same as Holly and Sonia, who won first and second place, uh, are Will Keatley and Hector Jessel. Now, I've been keeping my eye on both those young men for a couple of years, and uh, they are fierce friends, fierce competitors. There's been a lot of toing and froing. One one race, one wins, one race, the other wins, but they are I believe they're juniors too. They are pretty amazing young paddlers. So for those two young men to get a spot, uh, to be invited to paddle at the APP Tour, I mean, what what more could you want uh, from, you know, your paddling life? Mm. It's almost a dream come true, isn't it, I think? It would be lovely to talk to them both and see if that's how they feel. I think they're both really excited. Uh, I know that a couple of them have got, you know, I, I believe that both of them will, will get sponsorship and help, you know, along to help them with their journey. But, yeah, a couple of very exciting young men um, mm. who have qualified. So it'll be really interesting to watch them up against, you know, some of the, I, I guess, what would be some of their heroes? You know, if they love sup racing, like I used to love sup racing, I had my heroes, you know, the Annabelle Andersons, the Candies. Uh, and I, I guess they might have their heroes too. So I think they'll have a good time <laughs> at the APP weekend. And and it's so good as well because the 
you know, that we're having these young paddlers coming up as well, because for a while, um, you know, we had our own evergreen athlete, athletes and they're still sort of doing incredibly well. But um, but they were unchallenged for, for so many years, both sort of male and female. And um, and it's just so great to see see these um, these these very young athletes coming up. And of course, um, we've got Blue Year as well, haven't we? Um, who um, who won the Battle of the Bay and uh, in in dominating form, so um, he's going to be an exciting entrant flying the flag as well. Absolutely, Blue is has definitely been one to watch over the last couple of years. He's he's absolutely absolutely dominated the GB Sub Series, winning the technical uh, series, the the distance over a couple of years, and he has been streaks ahead of everybody else. I mean, literally hundreds of meters away. He's Again, he's really put the work in. He's, I think, he's been doing a lot of cross training, gym work. Again, he he's a young man, but there is no doubt that he will give some of those guys a run for their money. He also has been out to uh, Europe. He went to a race in Europe recently, maybe a month ago, and again gave a very very good account of himself. But he, oh my goodness, he's a proper athlete. He, it'll be really exciting to watch Blue. I'm I'm glad he's got his invitation to go. He absolutely deserves to be there for sure. And speaking to, to some of those people, as I did on the beach um, in Bournemouth, um, we went down to watch Battle of the Bay. Um, it, they they seem to be very level-headed in terms of their expectations. They were really looking at, uh, at the APP in London as something to really learn from. And obviously, you know, they've got that experience with all of that, that top talent um, coming on board but you know the, the the prospect for sporting success for GB athletes I mean it really does look exciting for the future doesn't it so so Sarah what are you doing at the APP this year what are you hoping to do well uh, Anthony and I will be going up uh, as we have done the last couple of times that we've been there and we're hoping to get stuck in and maybe stuck in a little bit more I've been speaking to the organizers and my dream would be to, I mean, obviously we do our own live feed. We've done that the last couple of times and I think we do it pretty well. Uh, and mm-hmm. oh, it's just something that I love. I love that interaction with other people and uh, talking about the athletes. And I would just love to get involved in the, the bigger picture, really, and and maybe do a, a, you know guest appearance on their live feed. Uh, Anthony will have the camera, so he'll be snapping away and we'll hopefully get some interviews as well. So hoping to be a little bit more involved i mean obviously i know i know the british athletes so well i've followed them for years uh, i can talk about them for hours <laughs> so i do feel that i could maybe uh you know give them something that you know maybe someone else might not so i'm i'm hopeful well n- no one knows the the landscape better than you certainly in terms of of gb racing and i think having a um you know having an experienced person who has already provided that sort of content in the past to a huge standard i mean you're hugely practiced as well on the the gb circuit as well i always tune in for your your commentaries so um whether it's official or unofficial um we'll both be there uh, providing our support for the event and it is a fantastic opportunity and i think bearing in mind what a center um Great Britain is for stand-up paddleboarding in the world at the moment and how enthusiastic 
the population of the island is for any sort of sporting event, but particularly such a new and exciting one. I think it's going to be an outstanding event and I'm really looking forward to it and really looking forward to, to working with you up there. Oh, I can't wait, Simon. It's, it's been a real pleasure to get to know you and, and do some collaborations, which I think have been fun. We, I think we work well together. And uh, mm-hmm. oh, I can't wait to be up there. I can't wait to be doing official, unofficial. I shall be covering it one way or another because uh, I love, <laughs> I love it, and uh, I'm passionate about it. And it's just great to be able to bring it to maybe the people who can't get up there and, and, and can't be part of it. But yeah, it, it'll be great and great to see those athletes all competing together, including our wonderful GB athletes. It'd be brilliant. Can't wait. So there we have it. Thank you to Tristan, Holly Blue and Sarah Sup Junkie Thornley for joining me in this episode. And all links are in the show notes. I think we can say that we're officially excited about the APP World Tour event in London. And we're really looking forward to meeting you there. And I can't think of a better place to show off the sport in a more spectacular setting. So if you are able to join us, that would be fantastic. And if you can't make it in person... We hope you'll join us on the live feeds. And if you can't join us on the live feeds, well, we'll see you on the water.